Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. My name is Martin Quibell and I'm known to my friends as Marv. With me this time I've got Tom Hunyardi and Andy Nichols from the show Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. How are you guys? Excellent, thank you. How you doing? Good, 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 Martin. Thanks for having us on tonight on a on a uh, well rainy night here in the east coast of America. It's okay. And, uh, How's Arizona? Bright, sunny, cloudless, and hot. What else is new? Yes. <laughs> Get out the beer. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're of age, of course. Of, of course. course. <laughs> okay, so when were you both introduced to uh, to the world of podcasting to start with, uh, Tom? Uh. 2012, uh, my cousin David, who you know, started Two Legs with, he uh, he texted me saying, "Hey, check out this uh, this podcast. It's called uh, Things We Said Today," and checked it out. I believe it was episode nine where they were talking about Magical Mystery Tour, and um, then I've been just you know, and then onward and onward, and after that, it's just been one podcast after another. And uh, so yeah, but 2012 with Things We Said Today was my first exposure to uh, podcast. Okay. Andy? Things We Said Today was also my first exposure. I think that seems to be the one that kind of caught fire the most with a lot of Beatle fans that are kind of always following stuff on the internet around. Maybe it was a little bit later than that. It might have been around 2013, 2014, 2012. I had just come back from the UK after my studies, so I was still learning everything. Um, but Things We Said Today was, was my kind of first foray into listening to podcasts, um, getting into it. And then as the years kind of tricked by, there started more and more started popping up. And then in, I remember in 2016, 17, it was like the take it away podcast, which was pretty. And then there was another one called Fabcast. And then I saw this thing called two legs and it was like, I listened to a couple shows and then, you know, history, uh, <laughs> history and fate has, has aligned. And then here we are now in 2020. So how did Two Legs come about then, and how did you both come together, so to speak? Yeah, oh, very good. Take it, uh, take it well, away, Thomas. <laughs> Thank you. Two Legs came. Two Legs came out of a little frustration. Okay, so we, you know, we talked about. Um, I was a huge solo Beatles guy, and at the time, same with my, same with my cousin David, and we were just, you know, it was all solo Beatles for us at that point in time. Yes, we still love the Beatles; they're still our favorite group. But, you know, little burnt on, on them. Um, so, but anyways, it was, so it came out of frustration a little bit, listening to, like I said, things we said today. Then you got something about the Beatles. And then you got, you know, Fab Four Free For All. Then you got, um, um, I've got a Beatles podcast. And then you got, you know, when it was Fab. All great shows. All great. I love them. However, they're not just solo Beatles related. They, they're very Beatles heavy related. And, you know, I... You know, probably around 2000, late 2000, or I'm sorry, no, 2000, early 2016, I was talking with my cousin David. And I said, you know, there's nothing solo related out there. So it wouldn't it be cool if we, you know, started something like that. And, um, you know, he was just like, uh, you know, laughing it off like I was joking or whatnot. But, you know, in reality, I was, I was really serious about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, come summertime, Right around, uh, I would say June, you know, we actually started taking it seriously. We were messing around with Skype. You know, he was getting everything that he needed because he's the tech guy. And um, 
and we decided we our first show was going to be on the uh, the Pierre McCartney box set. So you know, listening to that and re- getting ready to review it and all that stuff. So, but however, uh, you know, so at the first show, the first show uh, premiered, I believe, it was August twelfth of two thousand sixteen, and uh, there was yeah, it was about Pierre McCartney. And um, however, you know, I feel like we rushed a little bit. In the back of my mind, I'm going, we really got to get this out because we got to hurry up before there's, uh, you know, another Paul McCartney podcast. <laughs> Oops. And yeah. And then a couple months after we released our, you know, we're releasing shows and I discovered there's three other McCartney podcasts out there, yeah. you know, so um, that continued for, you know, uh, and you guys, 16, 17, 18. I mean, you guys were, you guys yeah. were together. I mean, in those couple of years, I mean, I came on in episode 69 or 70, you guys did about right. 70 or some 70 some odd shows together and over the course of a three year period. Yeah, yeah, but we, you know, we we started off as a kind of a weekly, every other week show type thing, and then um, you know David was starting to get burnt out a little bit, so we ended up be, becoming seasons. Uh, so then you know we took the summer off, and then we came back. I think the the following September, and then you know then it was became like a twenty season show, and then you know David just started you know getting more more and more burnt out on it which i you know i understand because you know the editing part of it is is a lot of work and you know and i and i appreciate you know that you know the work that goes into it and it's not always easy um but um you know but anytime that you have somebody that kind of gets burnt out on it you know it's, it's time to maybe think about you know uh, change unfortunately and then you know he he decided that you know he wanted to uh you know, leave the show, which again is understandable. And, um, and then I was thinking maybe, okay, I'll, I'll start something like our friend, uh, Joe Wisby ended up doing what, like doing a show on, on with authors, uh, about their books, because, you know, some of my favorite shows are, are with, uh, authors that come on, our, on, on two legs. And, um, I thought maybe we'd do that, but then I just realized, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a lot of work to do it by yourself and it's really not that fun. I'd rather have that, that second person to, uh, you know, shoot the shit with, if you will, (laughs) you know, and, um, you know, and, uh, in the back of my mind, I, you know, a couple months, uh, previous before I had asked Andy on the show, I, I had noticed that he did a show called Backwards Traveler and uh, listened to it, thought it was great. I can tell that he put a lot of time into it and, you know, it was very professional. And I just noticed he did the one episode, so I didn't know if he was going to carry on. And then I just was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to reach out to Andy and, and see if uh, he'd be interested in joining me. And that was uh, what, uh, September of 2019? Uh, right, October? Late, no. Yeah, late, well, the first no. Well, the first show, the first show that we did, we looked the other day was October first, twenty nineteen. You and me. So right. it had to be about it. It had to be middle of September of twenty nineteen. Yeah, because we had a couple chats and then uh, right. Decided, yeah, let's, let's go. For and it, it's so. funny the the timing where I come into it because um, it's been something that I've wanted to do, as Tom was mentioned you know, the podcasting and how he got his itch to it and hearing the things we said today. And it's, it's something that I always wanted to do uh, as a, as a passionate fan of all things Beatles. And I, and it, I wanted to find an outlet like Tom did, you know, we all at our core are, are Beatle fans, but there's so much music to discuss with the four ex Beatles 
across 50 years. Okay, so our only 10 for John and 20 some odd for George, but it's a lot of music. And there's so many podcasts about the Beatles, but I had always felt, like Tom felt, that there was not enough attention given to the solo Beatles. And, and that's why he started Two Legs. And, and out of that, um, Talk More Talk formed. There's another outlet for solo Beatles. Uh, all for so, and, and that those outlets, I think, have been a welcome addition to that community. And, it's, and I kind of always wanted to kind of get into podcasting. And I was at a point in my life, um, personally and professionally, where I could devote the time to doing. And I said, well, I've had all these ideas. I've traveled the world. I've lived in England for two years, came back, started teaching, doing things. And, and I said, okay, now I'm going to start to do this. And people have always been saying, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And I finally said, okay, I'm going to do one. And I did one. And it was it, it was my intention to keep doing it. And then, you know, I had done one and then no sooner I had done one, Tom reaches out to me and says, hey, man, I I saw your episode was pretty good. You know, I'd done two legs and I'm looking for a partner. What do you think? You know, and he thought like I was going to keep doing it. But and I still may at some point. But, um, you know, he and I have just made a great team over the last year. And and I think the things that we've done, uh, I just I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And I think it's a case where, like, the, the, the two of us make up a better sum than anything individually. And I think that's what you're seeing. So I'm very happy to kind of just be a partner of Two Legs and helping produce and promote what Two Legs is. I mean, at some point, might I go back to something solo? Maybe. But I, I, it's not my immediate plans now or even in the foreseeable future. I want to take Two Legs as far as it can go. And um, that's kind of why I'm you know, fortunate that he reached out and... Um, here we are a year, a year later and 30, 30 episodes, 30 plus episodes later, 35 plus episodes, 35 plus now. I mean, and we've really hit uh, a peak so far of, of the guests and well, that we've done over just in the last couple of uh, days. So, um, that's, that's where we are. That's how we got here. And, uh, you know, it's crazy how we've kind of connected the dots between all the different communities out there online and yourself of course martin and uh now we're happy that you're a part of it too yeah i, I guess i, I should add one i think well, I, 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 I guess i should add that you know uh, when we were when dave and i were discussing about doing a podcast you know a solo beatles podcast you know the the idea was always to do paul mccartney just because that you know one, he had the you know the wealth of, of, of the catalog, and you know he had a forty six year career at that point in time. So you yeah. had more more things to talk about, not just the music. He had a bunch of authors. You know, you've got you've got movies, you've got you know DVDs, and and it's it was more than always just going to be more about the music, and um, and it was always the idea was to do video too. But then you know David be a little bit on the shy end of it, you know, and then you know now with Andy here, and the, the show is starting to become a little bit more of what I envisioned it envisioned it originally. Yep. Well, Paul McCartney, the guy never stops, does he really? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, work ethic, and I think it was when we talked to. I guess when we talked to Lawrence, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it was. He felt that he wasn't a a workaholic. It was just his work ethic is what he admired. His ethic is just you know impeccable, and that's fifty fifty years now of of, and that's that's if if somebody does. I mean, fifty years aside from the Beatles, if that doesn't warrant. A serious discussion amongst fans, you know, to analyze. I don't know what does. <laughs> what, what if you think about it? The guy, you know, during the Beatles years, they were always, always working. 
So they were always in the studio or on tour, very rarely had time off for anything else. So unlike all the other three, Paul must have got used to that and that's carried on for the rest of his career. Right. Well, they were always working because Paul wanted to work. I mean, especially, I mean, we... Well, post-66, post-66, yeah. of course, that was yeah. Paul. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always been of the... My personal opinion is that John was the John was the leader from the beginning to about 66, and then from 66 on, it's Paul's. That's been my opinion. Yeah. Even before 66, I thought that Paul was the deputy, so to speak. Mm. Oh, before you think? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean know, you know, up until then. Sure, sure. Yeah, I thought that he was the next one after John. So John was the leader, and then Paul was the one that backed John up. If you see mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, I think. Just my Yeah. Opinion. No, I agree. I agree. I was trying to keep quiet about the Lawrence Tuba, but now we can we can mention it, can we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kids. I mean, I, I announced it uh, last night during our latest episode of Talk More Talk, my other show. And um, it's it's just exciting, you know. I mean, we can talk about we can talk about was, you know the guests and all that stuff, that, you know, whenever you're ready to. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's been that's been one of the more exciting parts about doing this show is you know reaching out to somebody and getting that response is just been an, it's just just been a it's been a high, you know, it really has. Whether it's an author, it doesn't matter. It could be you know author, musician, a author, for a musician, fan. Producer. Yeah, a exactly. fan, you know, I, I just, um, I'm amazed that, you know, <laughs> I'll get, I'll be in the middle of my work day and, and I'll get a text from Tom saying, guess who I just got? And I'm like, who now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it, it is amazing, I guess, that in 2020, all you have to do, and this has been, I mean, you, you reach out to somebody, you find their information and you, you know, you tell them, hey, this is who we are. We'd like to have you. And, you know, um, more than more times than not, people have said, sure, why not? So and I think especially since uh, since COVID hit, you know, people have been trapped in their homes, right, for six months. I mean, you know, any kind of any attempt to connect with anybody. Oh, OK, any here's these two. Contact, here's these. Sure. Uh, here's these. Here's these two yanks. Let, let, here's these two yanks that are hitting me up. Let me um, <laughs> let, let, I'll go on their show for an hour and talk to them. I mean, what else do they have to lose? <laughs> so how do you choose those guests then that you talk to? And then how do you actually, well, you've already explained now you arrange them. How do you choose them? It's, you know, it's nothing that's pre-planned, really. I mean, it's it's just more of a spur of the moment on a lot of things. It was actually while we were doing the Off the Ground show that I thought of maybe trying to reach out to Julian Mendelssohn. So that one just came came around very quickly. And, and surprisingly, really, I wasn't expecting to, you know, you know, hear from them as quickly as I did. And it, 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 it helps when these people either A, have a website or if they, you know, accept messages on Instagram or Twitter. So, you know, and then yeah. you know, with the, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And then, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say right now too, is, you know, with the, the big let it be stuff coming up and the fact that this person, you know, directed a couple McCartney videos, I uh, reached out to uh, director Michael Lindsay Hogg a couple days Ooh, ago. Okay. And, and you know, on my way home from work today, he responded. And uh, he said, you know, he'd, he'd like to do the show, but he wants to do it closer to when the Peter Jackson film came out. And I said, absolutely. Whenever you're ready, we'll, you know, we'll have you on. So it's, 
you know, that's wow. when that's that's when it gets exciting. That's when the show's exciting, you know. <sighs> I mean, I mean that's... that that makes it that makes it doing all the research that you that that you have to do, you know, to 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 help make the show better. Really, um, so it's yeah. That's was that exciting. on was that on Twitter, Tom, or Instagram, no, or you on, emailed them? Facebook. It's Facebook actually. Jeez, wow. it's, yeah. yeah, so it's amazing. But but, but like but like you said, Andy, on. they're all there, aren't they, online? Yeah, yeah, they're there. Well, they're, they're there. I mean, and unless you're going through a press agent or or whatever, I mean, uh, more times than not, somebody's going to get it. I mean, I can say also that uh, at some point we reached out or Tom reached out to. Lindsay Pagano, who worked with Paul on a cover of So Bad uh, at the beginning of the 2000s. And she expressed interest in coming on with us, too. We haven't lined it up yet, but, you know. Right. Um, and that was just, I think, on Twitter. So, you yeah, know. exactly. So it, so to get back to the, you know, the how and the whys, I mean, there really isn't no how. I mean, it, it's really just, uh, you know, if I get the nerve, when I get the nerve to to reach out to these people depending on how big they are you know what do you mean it's, what do you mean when what do you mean when you always have the nerve well i mean like i said the you know authors and, and friends like that i mean that's different but when you're actually talking like members of wings and that's know, yeah you know it's different i mean you're you're typing these people and you're almost gonna have it feels like you're gonna have a, a panic attack because you're you know now you now you gotta anticipate a, a response and if you don't get that yeah. response you know but then we've, we've also heard from we we there's also been like people we've reached out to and we've heard like nothing from like that guy who wrote the one McCartney book. Uh, who oh, was, I think yeah. he was a fellow based in the. It was a yeah, it was Mark a book Bowen. that was published. Mark Bowen. Yeah, Mark the book Bowen, was published yeah. in the early uh, early 2010s. Tom reached right. out to him like no contact info. Wrote a nice McCartney book on the solo careers, which somebody is somebody who studied historiography of McCartney books. You know, we've always it's been a kind of uh, a favorite subject of mine to talk about the lack of McCartney centric texts. And there's a book that Tom found was like, Hey, let's get this guy on the show. Tom tried to reach him and it was like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because most of the books that you find about Paul, it's like three quarters, the Beatles. Oh, and then course. it's like blah, 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 the other 50 years. Right. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've, we've, we pointed that out a few times on the show. And it is a little frustrating, and that's why uh, really excited about the, the work that uh, Alan Cozen and, and Adrian Sinclair oh. are, are oh, doing yes. for this new yeah. um, you know McCartney Legacy uh, series that starts next year, which is all solo, which is something that us McCartney fans have been begging for. Isn't it amazing that the first the first first volume of their book is only going to be from sixty seven to seventy three? No, actually, or- it's going to start sixty nine to seventy three. Oh, they're not going to start with the family way. They're starting sixty nine. Right. I think they decided. Okay. Yeah, I think they decided to go sixty nine. But, but you know, you look at this something like like Chip uh, did for Leninology, and you're like, how hmm. oh, can we get this from McCartney? You know. Yeah, and we and we had we had Chip on too. We had Chip and Mark Easter, the guys that did you know Eight Arms to Hold You. That was a great. That, that was a that was another big a big show for us to to get. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, those guys wrote that book twenty years ago. Uh, and even though it's it's been twenty years, it's still a gold standard. I mean, Tom and I keep it by our bedside practically to to, yep. to cite when we when we have shows on, you know. So get yeah. um, even again aside from the musicians, just getting authors like that that have you know, and even like we right. had a few a few weeks ago, we had we had Chris Salovic, who interviewed mm-hmm. uh, McCartney in '86. So for the Q interview, things like that, and getting to interact with people, and let's face it, who not they probably aren't giving interviews. 
every day. So, you know, again, they get a request from us, you know, and they say, sure, you know, why not? <laughs> and, and then when you talk to them, their, their memories are absolutely razor sharp. Their knowledge is just not all the there. time. Not all the time. Most not of the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be, be surprised. I mean, Chris, you know, did have a pretty good memory. Um, trying to think back uh, to who else we talked to that. Uh, oh, well, I mean, um, just recently, Ian, I mean, Laura. Ian, well, yeah, Ian Peel, uh, who wrote the uh, the unknown the unknown card. record. Yeah, yeah the, who I mean, he you know had some bit of a memory, but you know it wasn't all there. So I mean, it's understandable when you write a book twenty years ago. Hey, I mean, his book you know, came out twenty years ago. I mean, Chris right. Salovic interviewed McCartney in nineteen eighty six. It's thirty five right. thirty five years ago. I mean, even in just with right. Julian, Julian worked with Paul thirty years ago. I mean, off the ground right. is thirty years old. I still can't get right. wrap my head around that. Wow, yes. right. thirty years. <laughs> no, almost, almost thirty years, but almost, still, yeah. I mean. It's uh, yeah. So the the memories are for the most part. I mean, we have we haven't had nearly one who guessed who it was like. You know, we had to really work with them to kind of get them to. I mean, were were some guests a little foggy on certain things? Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, we look. We had Dan Elion, who was right. who hung with Wings in Nashville in '74. His he he recalled yeah, facts just like that. Yeah. Sharp as attack. I mean. Uh, and we and Lawrence Huber, I mean, he took it to another level. I mean, he he had the date and time of when he did things with Paul. That that we did that on April twenty seventh, nineteen, right. you know, seventy eight. That that was right. amazing. Mm-hmm. How do you choose the subjects that you discuss? Again, it's it's Co- collab. Uh, it's a collaborative thing, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, we'll toss around some ideas, but again, it's it's. Again, just pop, something pops into you. I mean, you. I mean, I'll look in, I'll look around in my room and I'll see a, a a book, and I'm like, oh, let's try to get this author. I'll see an album. Okay, we haven't talked about this album yet. Uh, yeah, got the, very, very, very out of thin air. Yeah, right. It's out of thin air, really. I mean, I used to when when we first started with with when when David and I first start, what I would do is, is I would lay that lay out a um, a season plan. I mean, once we found out the it became a seasonal thing, you know, so for season two, I wrote down 30 ideas that I wanted to, wanted to do. And, and we picked, you know, which ones we, we wanted to do. And then same thing for season three, I, I wrote down like 20 ideas and, and, and saw what David was most excited about. And we went from there now, you know, with Andy, it's, it, it's, you know, I feel like it, it's become that even more in a sense that I can, you know, bring out an idea and, and he's like, yeah, he's excited for it. And he can bring me an idea. I'm like, yeah, I'll be excited for it. So it's, it's, so it's, it's back and forth for sure. But if there's like no preconceived, okay, I want to wake up in the morning and I'm going to say, okay, we're going to do a show on Ubu Jubu, you know, which we do want to do. But I mean, it's just not, you know, it just well, doesn't come up like, a, you know, no. And, and one of the things that we wanted to try to do is not so be very, um, like very formula driven where, Okay, we have a we do a McCartney podcast, but we just talk about the albums. You know, there's other podcasts that have done that, right? We try to tackle different things. We we bring the authors on. Uh, maybe if Paul did a, a certain show at a certain venue that we know people were at or have a unique story to tell, we'll bring that on. I mean, because I mean, we listen. The you know, if we only did the albums, we would do you know. 35 40 shows we'd be done already (laughs) we'd be done so you have to kind of think 
Yeah. Right. And those guys, those guys, they they did an they did an awesome job. I mean, I, I listened to almost every one of those episodes. You know, they did the albums. They did a great job. But we, what we're trying to do is just do something a little bit different, where we we talk about the albums. If we can talk to people that worked with Paul, great. Um, associated with you know any 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 context really to to give the show a well rounded um, feel. Is, is what we're trying to put out with two legs. It's not, it's always about the music. I mean, don't get me wrong. That, that's why we're all here. That's why Martin's here, Tom's here. And it's always about the music. But the what's amazing is that all the different people that go into the making of a album, I mean, these are people, that there's hundreds of people. And Luca, Luca Parasi's book is tremendous yeah. with that because he interviewed yeah. so many people that worked with Paul. You know, and that's the that's this part of the story and the narrative that, can be told and relayed to people that don't know it. I mean, every one of these hundreds of people that have worked with Paul have a unique experience, what it was like to work with him. So if we can find those people and they want to share their story, why not? Why not? You know? Exactly. So other than Luke, so you, you use Luca's book quite a lot then mm-hmm. for research. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, we've else? had him on the show too. Yeah, uh, we had Luca on, so now was a great guest. So I know, I remember. Uh, what other resources do you use for your research? Eight Arms to Hold You again. I mean, the, what what Chip and Mark did with that book, and what they were able to uncover while you know while doing that research is well worth the time to to check that out. And and it's you know when you're looking at that, and you know when anytime you look at a book that someone else is right that that it wasn't by by one of the four you know solo Beatles, you have to you know maybe take with a grain of salt. But when you look at the information that that Chip and Mark were able to discover while while writing that book, I mean you can almost guarantee that it's 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 you know written in stone. It's a letter of the law. I mean, so I, I trust a lot of the stuff that they've written you know in that book. However, and then you also got to look at, at, at Paul's uh, archives collection that's been coming out too. The, the you know the text that's been written, you know, in that book, you got to take that for its word as well. So yeah. I, I look at you know I look at that stuff too. So as, as far as contemporary sources, that's good. One of my favorite things is to look at books from the period of the time, trying to find those authors that wrote books in the '70s, like or interviewed Paul that have a very frozen moment in time. I know Tom and David interviewed. Um, Paul Gabacini at some point for uh, no, Vic Gabarini. You mean Vic oh, I'm Gabarini. sorry, about that, Vic Gabarini. I always get those two guys mixed up because yeah. Paul actually has also interviewed Paul. Right. Vic Vic interviewed Maca in uh, in '80. Um, and those those kind of getting those people to talk about their experiences with Paul or yeah. wrote about them at that time is always very interesting. You know, going back and looking at the what what was being written about him at a certain time has always been a very interesting aspect for me as well. Because it changes, of course, over the years as the decades oh, go yeah. on. There's some other reliable sources out there too. I mean, there's the Beatles Bible, which is a pretty good website, pretty pretty reliable information. So, you know, there's you know what we should try. There. You know, what we should try to get is let's we should try to get Peter Doggett on at some point too. Because well, I mean, he does have a new book coming out. So yeah, he <laughs> does. Year. Yeah, but and I, I mean, is we talk by, about uh, well, by who? I've been told by 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 our our friend Owen that he's. Uh, not really up for uh, interviews and stuff like that. So he's a, he's a wonderful writer. I mean, his you never give me your money book. Martin asked about what resource. I mean, that's that's yeah. one of our go. That's right. That's right up there with uh, Chip and you know Chip and Mark's book. Absolutely. Another one I like too was uh, John Blaney's uh, the songs he was singing. Um, oh his, yeah, his, his 
you know, and what's cool with that too is is that you know it has all the releases, it has all the the, the singles that were released, and they, he talks about you know if they were seven inch, a twelve inch cassette, you know, eight track, you know, all that stuff, all that information is in there, and uh, that I mean that's another cool resource as well. I'm in the midst of collecting uh, all of Paul's forty fives right now, and I've been using that book a lot to uh, to make sure I haven't missed anything. So yes, I've kept noticing that. How do you go about the editing and the recording of the shows? So as, as we're on here on Zoom, um, and again, the post-COVID world, Zoom has become, you know, so hugely popular. Uh, I know what Tom said when he started the show, Skype was the main way to do it. Right. And uh, it was mostly audio then. But the quality of video on Zoom uh, is really nice. Uh, so I, I record on Zoom. And then when Zoom finishes, it exports as a video file, which I then take uh, and I load into, and I, I'm, a Ma- I'm an Apple person, so I edit with a program called Final Cut Pro. And that the, the video that we do um, from whatever show we're doing, that's the basis for the show. So I'll, I'll edit it, uh, the video first, and get it all ready, overlay the, uh, the, the, the graphics, the music that Dylan CV did for our show, um, come up with the, the graphics, the, 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 the name of the episode. We'll talk to Tom and kick it around. Hey, what do you want to call this one? Slap that on the front of it uh, in the editing and in post-production. And then at that point, uh, kind of go through the video file, find out if there was any imperfections, was there any tech issues? And as you'll, as you'll see, um, you know, transatlantic uh, conversations can be a little bit of an issue with video quality. So, like, I know when we interviewed Chris Salovic, we had to go all audio because the connection wasn't great. Although sometimes it's okay. Like, we interviewed Julian Mendelson, who's down under, and, and it was it was an hour and a half conversation, and it was fine. So, um, using the video source as the base for your um, episode is a good way to go about it because then you can clean it up uh Get your intro, get your outros, and then once you've made it a video, then that goes to YouTube, and you upload it. And then, but then to get it um, an audio version of it, there's a program that I that I that I use called any any audio converter. So you just take the video file that you've got from your Zoom call, you drop it in, and you export that as an MP3. So when you export that video file, that's been edited. Uh, in Final Cut, you're getting you're getting the theme music, you're getting the intro, you're getting the outro music in an, in an audio format. So once you've done all your video editing and you've got that new you've got that new file that has all the sweetening and all the post production stuff that's done, you then take that video, you turn that into an MP3 using this site, uh, this program, any audio converter, and then in, in seconds you've got your MP3, and then from there it goes to Podbean, and then it goes and then then it goes out to all the uh, the platforms that people like to listen to it on, and some some people like just the video, but we a lot of people like the audio version too. So it, it requires a few hours a, a week. Um, for editing with it but it, i tell you if you get a really good interview it, it, it makes the editing process easy because all you've got to do is slap on your intro slap on your outro and off you go yeah if you don't mind too martin I, I would like to give a shout out to uh, uh our you know our friend dylan seaman who did the music uh for the show uh very talented musician you know, he went into a studio and, and you know i when um 
when I brought when brought Andy on, you know, I kind of wanted to change things up a little bit. So I asked him if he wouldn't mind doing some some music, you know, of, of Paul in the in the style of Paul. So it wasn't really exactly you know the same key or or, or whatnot. So we would get in trouble for it. But you know, but he was able to do uh, you know two or uh, he was able to do three songs for us. You know, so you know we could rotate, you know, from time to time. But uh, very talented musician, and we really appreciate what he did for us. So thank you, Dylan. Okay. Uh, what was your introduction to Paul and the Beatles, then, Andy? Uh, my introduction to Paul and the Beatles. Well, this kind of takes another spin because it wasn't actually Paul or the Beatles. It was John Lennon as a solo artist first. Um, I was introduced to him first uh, as a solo, seeing his videos. I'm 39, so I just was I was born right after he passed. So my I remember seeing the videos on MTV, and then I connected the dots that that guy on those videos is the same guy on my dad's album covers, and then saw him, and then I, I made my way to Macca probably in my early teenage years, you know, in the early 19, early 1990s, uh, and then it just became a you know there was so much to I even knew back then in the 90s there was so much to get. And to discover, you know, because Lennon was already gone for 10 or so years by that point, and McCartney had a ton, just a ton of music, and that's kind of where we're at. I mean, there's there's so much to to discover, and as a, as a younger fan, um, it was McCartney, and of course my father is a first-generation Beatle fan, so he had everything. So that was just an experience going through all those, I mean, all the records that Tom has on his wall hanging up there. It was, that was my childhood, just spinning those things and learning them. Uh uh, and being at a time that was not super popular either in the 1990s as a kid to be to be listening to 20 year old at that point wings music so that was my introduction but i grew up around what my family listened to so uh, and that's what i gravitated to so and i enjoyed it and i haven't strayed from that uh, this day <laughs> wow that's great what about you tom oh my first introduction was i want to say it was either the coming up video from from premiering on Saturday Night Live in 1980, or it was uh, the Take It Away video from '82. It was one of those two. Uh, it's you know it's so long ago now that you know I don't have the the the, the memory, but um, but discovering um, and remembering because his memory is almost them. full. Yeah, it is, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but but one of those two videos was my first discovery of, of Paul. Uh, but you know, being but the, the the one that stands out the most is watching the Take It Away video. I was at my grandparents at the time, and we were watching it, and they were telling me about this is Paul McCartney, that's Ringo Starr, and uh, my uncle, their son, was a fan, Beatles fanatic, and then gradually through the years, getting more acquainted with him, learning the Beatles from him. You know, he kind of like took me under his wing and, and and made me the the Beatle fanatic than I am today. It's great. What's your favorite Paul album then, Tom? Ooh, I I've never actually heard you answer this question. You know, I I know I think for the most part it is Ram. Um, I mean, if I was like, if you, you if I had to pick one album to listen to, yeah, I'm going to listen to Ram. But I've got other, I mean, Back to the Egg, I think, is an amazing record. I think, you know, McCartney 2 is an amazing record. Um, you know, Wildlife is going to, is my wild card, you know, uh, you know, album. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's stuff out there that I like. And obviously, you know, I, I love Egypt Station, too, and I love New. And, um, 
you know, so I mean, there, but if you know, if I'm going to a desert island, Tom, you got to take one album. I'm going to take Ram. Would that, would that be the album that you suggest to people to listen to as their first Paul McCartney experience? No, I would tell people to start at the beginning and with the with the McCartney record, and uh, and then go from there. Really, I you know I'm the kind of guy I'm the kind of guy that likes to go in chronological order. You, oh, you would you would go chronological, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So, I would I would tell people to yeah. to go to go more commercial first and then work their way in, but in both gotcha. both work. Both both right. approaches work. Mm-hmm. So, Andy, what would be your favorite Paul album, and what would be the album that you'd suggest people would start with? Uh, my favorite, I go back and forth on this one a lot, depending on the day of the week, and it's probably the one of the the lesser two Wings albums, but they're they're both my favorites is Red Rose Speedway and London Town. Um, I'd probably say Red Rose Speedway just inches it out of hair, as Tom can attest to. I think we did a whole show on it when I came on initially. Uh, and it, t- it timed in with the- Sam actually that album. Yeah, so much material with it. Uh, the video content at the time that you have the the early, and I think that that period with that box set that came out in 2018 got its just due deserve uh, because they were a very you know that early Wings period was very hot, and you look at that you listen to that footage and you watch that footage and you can tell that they were really I mean listen they didn't reach the the commercial success that the later Wings period did but. I've always felt that that album very, very productive. I mean, touring. I mean, they were they they were really the TV shows, the James Paul McCartney special, Bruce McMouse. I mean, that Live and Let Die. I mean, that was a very, very hot period for a band that was, uh, you know, considered you know fluff and crap for most people until he really hit it with Band on the Run, which I think is a load of shit. Um, <laughs> the album, not the album, what what people thought of him at that point. I know Tom is not a big right. fan of Band on the Run these days, but. Um, Red Rose Speedway, I I, I I love the medley. Tom does not. Um, I think it's just I think it's an it's an overrated album. And the album I would tell um, so that's the album I'm taking with me. Yeah, yeah, definitely underrated. The album I would take with me on a desert island. Uh, I would probably say I would say probably Tug of War. I would take that one with me um, because of the sentiment tied to that album. Take It Away, as Tom mentioned, is a great song. It's the first post-album uh, after Lennon's death, so it has that to tie in with it. So I would probably take Tug of War with me as, as a complete album. Hard decision, of course, but I would take Tug of War. I would also say that Tug of War is an interesting... Uh, it's an album where you've still got Denny on there as well, and you can hear yeah. Denny's you can actually hear Denny's influence in the way that the music goes as well. The way he plays and everything, it's, it's all there. Yeah. Oh, I, meant to ask, I forgot to answer the other part of your question. What would album would I tell people to start off with? Um, definitely Ben on the Run uh, as, as an entry point, which Tom, I know, does not like. But because it's so, it. that's, uh, just, that's, uh, but I, I would, I would, I would, I would tell the novice fan to start with that album. And if they couldn't dig Band on the Run, then I, I, I don't see what the point is. If they're not going to dig Jet Band on the Run, then they're not going to dig Junk or or maybe or Manly Was Lonely or Too Many People. I don't think. My opinion. Andy's already answered this one about his his experience with the other Beatles. What about your experience with the other Beatles, Tom? Well, I mean, it started with uh, with George Harrison with the with the Cloud Nine album, 
uh, that was a really big deal for me because I was just really starting to get into the Beatles. And then, you know, George brings out this album that not only is it a, is, is, is he putting out an album, but he's put, he put out a great album and it was just chock full of, of wonderful, wonderful, um, you know, guest artists that appeared on that album. And, you know, his playing was excellent. And then after that, then we get the Traveling Wilburys and we get the best of Dark Horse. So, I mean, that was a really big time for me for George Harrison. And then, you know, discovering his past, uh, his back, back catalog, you know, all things was past. And then uh, my aunt gave me her copy of, of uh, whatever it was, was it somewhere in England. Um, and, you know, with all those years ago on it. And so, I mean, I was discovering a lot of George Harrison first. And then I moved into uh, the John Lennon territory, and then that just took it to a whole nother level. Um, I was, uh, you know, first and foremost, a, a big John guy to begin with. Uh, you know, I had, you know, just about everything that, you know, there was to get with John, you know, album-wise and cassette-wise. And uh, I was listening to John Lennon's solo stuff nonstop, probably up until, I would say, the late 90s, where then you know, discovering more of Paul, that's when I actually made the switch over to Oh, know, cool. More Paul so you listen, you listen to him for that long, that intently. Yeah. Lennon yeah. stuff. You know, and I, yeah, and I was, you know, and I had all the, the Paul, I had most of the Paul stuff, but I just wasn't giving it the time of day. And then what happened was me, my uncle and I, you know, we, we started doing those, you know, what if the Beatles never broke up and, you know, you know, BS and we was making a 70s album, 71s album, 72 album. Sure. You know, if, uh, you know, to act like they never broke up or whatnot. And then I was like really listening to the Paul stuff for the first time and just, just being amazed, you know, by one, by, you know, lyrically and, 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 mel and, and, and melody wise, just being blown away by his, his, his stuff. I can understand Tom, why, why you kind of got deep into the Lennon period there for a while. Cause you've mentioned how, you saw the '88 film on uh, about yeah, the yeah, documentary, yeah, right. the book. You know, I got to remember the, the late '80s and into the '90s was a very kind of almost Renaissance period there for Lennon's career. Yeah. I mean, obviously with the, the the live in New York City stuff comes out, and a lot of posthumous stuff starts coming out. So, you know, in 1990, you've got that Lennon four CD box set, which was the first box set of his own right. material, and a box set which was big. And then, you know, the anthology stuff. So Paul, in terms of being, like, I could see how you were listening to Lennon a lot because Paul's activity, he was releasing albums, but it, was it wasn't very so... slim, right. It was very you slim there in the 90s, a little bit there. and yeah. then You didn't, didn't get, get so, then you had, and then Sam, ago. no, you didn't get that. So, and then in the middle of the 90s, yeah. you got sandwiched in there with the Beatles anthology. Right. And then on the other side of that, you've got the end of the decade with the with Lennon's own four CD anthology, so it was a very fruitful period for Lennon's material music, and well, I was involved with it too. But I could see how you spent a lot of time doing that until the two thousands, then diving into Paul. I could see how that oh, would yeah. happen. Oh, that that Imagine John Lennon movie was a big deal for me. I, I remember going to the theater to see it. I remember you know getting the book for Christmas and just just being totally. Uh, engaged right. in, you know, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think my grandma bought me that on VHS. I mean, that was like a, 
every thank every Beatle fan, Martin. I'm sure it's you've seen like it or have it. It's almost like a precursor to the anthologies in a way. I mean, the way the it's structured. You know, when you when you have you know Lennon's voice and you. Oh, have, it's now he's now he narrates the whole thing, which was fantastic. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and then you know you, you you see the interviews with Yoko and Sean in there, and it's almost kind of like how with with the anthology too, when you see them, you know, you know, talking about you know their you know the Beatles career as well. So yeah, I was definitely very engaged with that 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 whole you know book CD movie you know so you know but to the point you know like i said i think uh, we've mentioned it's like there's only there's only so much that we can talk about lennon in terms of what's been out there right and you know they're just because they're just now listen they're dumb. there's some great john lennon podcast and they're then tom's been on a bunch of them um you know but there's and he i know he feels this way and i do too is that mccartney should be discussed as much because he is, there's been so much more to do. And that's just the fact of that he's been around and there's, there's so much more that he's done that deserves discussion. Mm. That leads you know, to that leads to this one then. So what do you think is the biggest misconception about Paul? You know, uh, you know, I was, you know, I knew you wanted to ask that and I was kind of thinking about that today and it's, you know, I get irritated when I see people, whenever he goes down on tour and people see the price tickets, the t- you know, the, 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 the price of the tickets. And, you know, you see everybody bitch on Facebook or social media. Oh, you know, Paul doesn't need the money, but yet he can charge, you know, these, these high prices for the tickets. It's not Paul. Paul does not dictate what the price of these, t- these tickets go for. You know, that's Live Nation. Yes, he'll get a fee. He'll get his fee up front. But that fee that he gets just doesn't go to him. Now he's got to pay for the band. You know, he's got to pay his band. He's got to pay the production team. He's got to pay the drivers. You know, so all that money that he gets just doesn't go to him. And plus, you know, like I like I said, it's just not him. It's not him that dictates how much the the cost of the tickets go for. I mean, those like I said, the the, the Live Nation, you know, and then the scalpers will determine you know how much these 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 prices go for. I didn't think the prices were that expensive, really, in comparison. Because I know when I saw him at uh, at Birmingham, um, that the price for his ticket, I looked at it and I thought, yeah, in comparison to other acts that have got that sort of career, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, e- even even somebody like Madonna was at that point charging two, three times the amount that he charged that would be charged for tickets to see him. So. Right. Yeah, well, I, I think th- I think here in the states, I think here in the states, you're you're seeing even more of a price gouge, and like I said, it's not just because of him. I mean, it's it's because you know greed for one, but but also people are are in business to make money, you know. So, what do you think, Andy? What do you think is the the thing that people get wrong about Paul, or they perceive wrongly about Paul? I think, and I worry about this as as time marches on uh, and, and these AD stars eventually pass away is that history, depending on who you read, is going to paint John uh, as this kind of, you know, one way, as this kind of acerbic, hard-nosed guy and Paul just wrote all the fluff and and it couldn't be further from the truth and, and you know, you worry about these books that are, or, or the masses and how they read these things and you know, certainly from what we know is that Paul was at the cutting edge of, of everything. Um, 
going back to the early 60s and doing things like that. And one of the reasons why he wrote many years from now, because he was worried about, you know, his own legacy in terms of how he was going to be perceived. Uh, And Lennon kind of gets kind of pigeonholed as the avant-garde guy and the one who took chances. And Paul played it safe and wrote like Maxwell Silverhammer. And what I worry, what I think is that there's, there's younger fans, if they are, depending on what they read, that's what they might believe. And that's really not the case. Um, Paul was clearly at the cutting edge of, of everything. And look at all the work he did there in, in, in the, in the mid sixties with miles and in the Indica gallery and founding the, the international times and being at the cutting edge of, and going to see Stockholz and, and all these things that uh, he kind of, he didn't really publicize that much. And John, right. when he, when he hooked up with Yoko did, and I and I were and then of course later on in his solo career, people just kind of writing him off as that wing stuff. I mean I know plenty of people that I've encountered in my life that they're like, you're a wings fan? That's nothing but just soft rock music. And you know what? Maybe it is, but I I just think people are just a little too quick. They don't listen. They they they, they read what the headlines say. And we all know, and I said this on Talk More Talk as a comment last night, Rolling Stone was completely unfair to McCartney in the early in the early 70s. It was totally slanted towards John Lennon. Jan Wenner has been an unabashed John Lennon supporter. And good for him. He interviewed, His interview was great. But McCartney never got a fair shake. And I think his reputation, based on what the publications have said, is why people view him the way they do. And in my opinion, unfairly unquestioned. And so that's, I, it's a, I'm a very staunch defender of that because... I think it's been largely misunderstood because of that. So, what episodes from your own show stand out to you? You know, like favorite episodes or favorite moments. Wow. Um, you know, first of all, I really appreciate everybody that has come on the show. Obviously, they didn't have to, and. Um, they came on, and a lot of them were, were great. I mean, ones that stand out to me um, right off the top of my head, Jeff Cummins, who was the graphic, uh, was the illustrator, graphic designer. He did the uh, the inner sleeve, the inner gatefold sleeve of Wings Over America. He did the Thrillington uh, front and back cover. He did the Say, Say, Say 45. He did the uh, temporary secretary 12-inch. Uh, uh, and this one, uh, 45. So, yeah, I mean, and he had a lot of great stories. Um, so that was a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, Richard Boskin, who was, you know, formerly of, formerly of uh, you know, something about the Beatles. If you, listen, if you listen to that show, you know he is not, he's very hard on, on Paul as a solo artist. So, we, you know, we had him on, you know, for a different perspective, and he was very respective of our opinions and we were in respect of his. So that was, that was a lot of fun uh, talking to him. And then obviously these two shows that we got coming up with uh, Julian Mendelssohn and, and Lawrence Juber, you know, just really, you know, were, were a lot of fun. And I, I know, I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, you know, keep anybody out like, you know, like the, the old tools and the, and the Michaels and, and the Traguardos and, and all of them, they're all great people um however you know the ones that were actually you know with mccartney or at a time the ones that actually worked with mccartney those are the the ones that uh you know paul denor who 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 wrote that wonderful conversations with mccartney book Mm -hmm. he spent a lot of time a lot of time with mccartney you know the chris selovich is uh you know uh you know the vic garbarini's even though that was a a hell of a hell of a i'm gonna rescue i'm gonna 
I'm gonna rescue that one. I'm gonna yeah. send me the files. Okay. I'll rescue uh, it. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking um, of helping out with that one. If you want. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Morton. Listen. Yeah, but um, but even him, you know, just you know, hearing the story of of him talking with you know interviewing McCartney for Musician Magazine, you know, those are the the, the episodes that really stood out for me. And then you know, there's times too where earlier on with the with with Dave, you know, we we do a show and like, oh, this is, you know, we put a lot of work into it and then this is going to be a great show. You know, we did one called the, the note you never wrote, which was all about, you know, songs that McCartney gave to other artists. You know, we, you know, we did our homework and we did all this, you know, work on it. And then, you know, and then people, when, when people don't, you know, react to it as like you think it will, I mean, that's kind of a little disappointing, but uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the punches as, as they come as well. You know, it's just not all, uh, you know, successes. But um, it's not all pizza and fairy tales, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the ones that like really stand out. Are the ones that uh, are the people that were actually spent time with McCartney. So I'm going to come back to one of those points you've just hit on because it's just touched a thing with me. Uh, what about you, Andy? Any standout episodes from yourself? Moments. Yeah, in the year in the year that I've been here, and it's been an incredible year. Um, plus, you know, that to run our Annie real quick. I mean, we we've yeah. also been peppy to some to some stuff that we we can't mention. So that's been, <laughs> you know, so that's been that's been fun too. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, since I've been on in a the year that I've been on, um, it's we I every show has been great from from. You know, and I've been finding my way to, and Tom and I had to work on a, a chemistry and a back and forth to to work on our show. And I think I think we found it. I think we're, I've, you know, took us a few months to figure out what we liked, how do we play off each other, what are Tom's likes, what are the things he doesn't like, what do I, how how do we get that back and forth going? But uh, early ones, I mean, I mean, we but we had Kid O'Toole on to to discuss the say 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 collaboration. Kit Kit's a big influence for me. She's a great writer. And I've gotten to know her a little bit on social media, and she's great. And she, that one just that one was a, the nice one because it was like, okay, this is somebody I've been following. We've had her on. Obviously, the the recent ones that Tom mentioned are just like that for somebody who's been McCartney fans. You know, you're reading as a kid in the liner notes, co-produced by Julian Mendelssohn, and here I am, thirty years later, interviewing him. So that's like a pinch me moment, you know. And of course, the same goes for Lawrence Schuber. Um, I gotta say, other than those, I mean, the the clearly the eight arms to hold you on again with Chip and Mark was a, was a great one that we did. Um, also, we did we did a great episode um, on the origins of Club Sandwich with with a guy oh, yeah. uh, Dale who, who, with Dale yeah. Pants who runs a great yeah. page on and has and knows the ins, ins and outs of Club Sandwich better than anybody oh. that I've ever met. And that was as a, on club sandwich is, is excellent. right. Like getting to meet people like us who, who are just have their own interests, you know, and we, and finding them and reaching out to them and getting their experience and their take on it and things like that. So that, and then of course, I mean, uh, Dan, Dan Ely, uh, I mean, that was a, yeah. his, his story about going down to juniors for harm. I mean, that's somebody who actually hung out and met Paul in the heyday. So, you know, personal anecdotes like that, um, were 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 some have been my favorites throughout the year, but they've they've all been great. But obviously, those are just some of my personal favorites. And obviously, getting to do our crossover shows with the right. you know the the, the guys who just actually just started the whole thing up for everybody, in my opinion, with things we said today with Ken Michaels and Darren DeVivo. I mean, that's yeah. I know for Tom was a watershed moment and mine too because yeah. they're the ones that kind of got the ball rolling with this whole thing. So kudos yeah. to them. 
if you don't mind me continue going back to the whole guest thing to Martin is what, you know, when, when, when picking a guest for a show too, it's almost a little bit of a kind of common sense thing because, you know, when you're listening to, you know, all these podcasts and you're, and you're friending people on Facebook or whatnot, you're, you're learning all of their likes. So when a, when a, when a show about the McCartney uh, George Martin collaboration came to my mind, okay, who would be a great guest? Oh, well, Ken Womack just wrote a book, a, a two volume book on that. So bam, done. Perfect guest for that. When I thought about doing a McCartney Costello collaboration show, I, I knew Tony Traguardo was a big Elvis Costello fan. So he would be a, a, a perfect guest for that. So in, in a way it's also kind of learning who's out there and what they like. And when you see somebody that has a, a really high enthusiasm about the topic you're going to talk about, that's what makes it a lot of fun as well. That's good because if you're thinking of doing an episode about that anyway, then mm. you're bringing them on, and they, they, they've actually already done all of all of, all of the, the the homework for you already. In a way, yeah. I mean, they're bringing they're also bringing their 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 knowledge to the show as well. You know, Kittle Tool, you know, wrote the the Michael Jackson FAQ. So who else, who better to have come on and talk about Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney than than Kittle than Kit? Tool, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. The queen herself. Exactly. Yes, she Hello, is. Queen. Hi, queen. <laughs> what other podcast do you both listen to? Andy, I know you avidly listen to podcasts. I do. I do. I listen to, I listen to obviously a lot of music ones. Um, uh, the talk more talk is obviously my go-to one. I listen to a lot of t- podcasts about TV shows that I like. Um, I listen to, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge prog rock fan. So I listen to one called, uh, yes, music podcast, which is a good one. Uh, I listen to one called the tabletop Genesis, which is about obviously Genesis. Um, very recently, a few months ago, I started listening to one called fans on the run by a, a, a great young chap called Ethan Alexanian, who's had Tom and I both on. His is great too. Uh, Sardonicast is a pretty popular one that I've listened to a lot as well. And even most recently, I started listening to Mr. Joe Wisby's Beetle Books podcast, who I think has two episodes under his belt. And now I'll be adding pods like us to my listening experience as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. What about yourself, Tom? Well, you know, my podcasting listening experience has, has dwindled a lot uh, over the last couple of years, unfortunately. Just because you know, adding that the, the, the you know the talk more talk show to my to my schedule has made my free time uh, even more short. And as you can see behind me, I'm also an avid movie fan, so I also like to watch movies when I get a chance as well. But um, but podcast wise, I am a huge Kiss fan. Uh, Kiss is probably my second favorite band of all time, and there's there's almost as many kiss podcasts out there as there are Beatles podcasts, which I don't think a lot of people realize. I don't know. Wow. Is that really true? Kiss is, is, I mean, no other bands will you see besides Beatles and kiss, like, you know, nonstop conventions, um, not, you know, podcasts are, are crazy, you know? So, so Kiss has is is very well known, has a very big following as well. So there's there's two that I listen to every week when they release their episodes, and that one's called the Three Sides of the Coin, and the other one is the Kiss a Kiss FAQ um, that I listen to as well. So those are still my 
the two that I've that I I listened to, and obviously now with, with Joe's uh, Beatle books, you know I try to listen to to that, and I try to listen to uh, you know Ethan's Ethan's show as as much as I can. There's just there's um, just so much. I mean, there's it's it's and then Martin, I mean you you're like the podcast guru. You nobody I've never met yeah. any seen anybody who listens to more <laughs> podcasts than you. Absolutely um, not. Do you really want us to tell you what we listen to? Because the last thing I thought you needed was more podcasts to listen to. You, 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 I'm, you I'm to broke the podcast for others to listen to. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, it's, you know what? I mean, you, well, Martin, I think you, you're always in the car a lot for work. So, I mean, you're, 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 it lends itself to you. That's a lot of time to listen to, to be in, you know, that's, that's your livelihood. I understand that, but there's just so much time in a day. To, to try to get them all in. I, I think I kind of listen like a lot of, like a lot of people. I'll listen for 20 minutes at a time, come back to it, try to finish it up maybe on a Saturday morning, knock them out. I, I try to listen at least once a week to somebody else. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm a little more in tune with what uh, the people in the, my community are, are doing. So obviously I follow, yeah. I mean, I follow talk more talk very closely. Uh, I follow things we said today very closely. So anybody within my kind of network, I'm going to follow close and then and support other people's too, as well as like yourself and, and Joe Wisby, because we're, we're all in it together, you know? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, it must have taken you a long time to uh, listen to that recent episode of Talk More Talk then, Andy. It certainly did. <laughs> yeah. the entire I, shift. <laughs> Oh yeah, I try. I try if I can to watch it live when 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 the, when the chaps go on live on a, on a Monday night at four uh, nine o'clock in America, in my time zone because that's the usually I can kind of watch most of it then and chime in with the rest of the Beatle lunatics with their with our comments on that on that page. <laughs> Have you got any advice for anybody starting up? their own podcast for the first ever time yeah be pa- you know. be, be be passionate be be, yeah. be knowledgeable and be patient you know it takes so and and i would say be consistent if, there, if there's one thing that i've kind of it's been the thing that i kind of want to drive home with tom and i think we're is to be consistent and tom is like on the money with figuring out when i mean he's got that calendar in his room he'll, he'll always point it out to me but scheduling and planning and what you want to do and, and finding the time to do that. Like we all have our lives that we have to live and, 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 and finding, making the time for it is, is right. super important and to live a life and then do what we do. Um, so blocking out that time, but then being consistent and figuring out, okay, okay. For the next four weeks, the next four Saturdays, we're going to plot this out and plot this out. And then sticking to, and once you have that, that, that uh, continuity and that routine, I think that helps build up an audience because then they know, hey, every Saturday, those two legs guys are dropping another episode. And that, that I think helps grow. So I think if you can, people just starting out can figure out what, what they want to do. Be passionate. Again, be, be passionate, be patient, and, and just plan well. That's a good way to get started. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and I've learned, you know, working with Dave and work, working with Andy that, you know, you also have to have some kind of, um, you know, you have to have patience, but you have to, uh, you have to be considerate, you know, with, 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 with your, with your co-host, you have to have compromise, you know, you have to make sure you have good communication and, uh, you know, making sure that. You know, hey, don't forget this. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do this on on this is such and such a state. 
But, you know, the one thing that I, I also think that is very important is, is that you don't let it consume you. You don't let it take over your life, which is very, very easy to do. Uh, you know, especially when you start getting getting fans and you start getting people, you know, returning or, or sending you emails or messages. Hey, uh, you know, so then the next thing you know, you know, you're spending even more time with the show because, you know, you want to be a, a great guy. You want to be a nice guy, respond to those messages and let people know that you appreciate them listening to you. But then the next thing you know, you got the wife looking at you, you know, saying, hey, we put down the phone, <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, you come on out and spend some time with me. So I mean, so it's very easy to 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 get consumed with it all. So every once in a while, you have to just you have to shut the computer off. You have to walk away from it, or you know it will control your life. And you know, and there's times where this does control my life. And um, another thing is, is you know, when we were getting ready to start the show, I, I called Ken Michaels up uh, looking for a little bit of advice, and he told me, so look. If you get started, it's never going to stop. And honestly, this has this hasn't stopped for me. You know, it's just been. But you, know, you it hasn't another. stopped. But you, but you don't want it to stop. You want to do this. I do. Well, yeah, exactly. I want to do this. And but but what I think what he was trying to say was is like just be ready because if you're going to get involved, you need go to, all in. You need to go all go in. Go all in. And just like you said, you gotta be patient. You gotta be now. You have to do your homework. You know, you have to be prepared. You know, so all of that stuff, I think he was just trying to tell me, look, he's like, if you're going to do it, you know, do it and, 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 you know, give it, give it a hundred percent, you know. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah. How can anybody get hold of the both of you, um, Tom? Great. Thank you. So, uh, you know, myself, Tom Hunyadi, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, as Tom Hunyadi as well, but for two legs, you know, we have our Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter at uh, Two Legs Podcast. We also have our YouTube channel, which is Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. So please check that out and subscribe to that if you'd like to. Uh, you can email Two Legs at Two Legs Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, Andy, yourself, and I know, you know, we're working on a website that Andy can talk about as well. Yeah, uh, Andy Nichols on Facebook. Uh, Tom mentioned, and I, I also kind of handle the, the the YouTube page and all the stuff like that. So that was we started that up when I came on to do more video. So we're up to about two hundred and twenty some odd subscribers on YouTube within about a year, which is great. So um, keep those coming. Um, we also have a website uh, launching very soon. Hopefully, uh, by the time this is uh, posted, it might even be live. But it's gonna it's two legs and it's a very basic site. It has our information on there. It has all of the links to our episodes on there, uh, all the links to our social media stuff, all the tweets, everything else that you can find on there, a little bit about Tom, a little bit about me, the history of the show, and that's twolegspodcast.com. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for listening, and um, hopefully see you next time on Pods Like Us. Tom, take it away. Nice pun. <laughs>
it's like earlier i had to stop myself from saying to sam how did you get your show off the ground yeah and I thought, oh yeah oh, that's, no, i that's... can't use that one <laughs> No, you can't in front of Tom either. Well, he's got a lot of off-the-ground exposure for two legs these last listen few weeks. To me. I was telling Martin, I was telling Martin earlier, I said, listen, man, even though it's not my favorite album, that doesn't mean I ignore it, you know? There's oh, a of lot course you of, don't ignore it. There's a lot of good things you like on of, it. Yep. Yeah, and there's a lot of people out there that support it, so there's no reason to not do a show on it just because it's not, you know... No, it was worthy. Albums of them. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, like I said, but, there's, there's, there's always something on his albums that will always, you'll always like, no, no matter yeah, what your exactly. opinion of the whole album. Exactly. So whenever you're ready, my friend. Thank you very much. Where, where, so we're episode, we're episode number one, huh? For pods like us. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> or no. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm going to put them out in order now. I think. Yeah. So that okay. people. People who are listening then can see me hopefully get better as time goes on. Hey, listen, okay. I'll never listen to my, I'll never listen to the first episode again of my show, so, or of our show, I should say. Sorry. I'll Andy. still put it out because because it's there, you know, for people. Yeah. Yeah, but it's there, and you know, people can find it whenever they want, and it's where you were at that time. You know, just everybody's got to start somewhere. You know. That's true, and and hopefully you get better the more that you the more that you do it. Exactly. I think, yeah. I think yeah. with practice and, and interviewing and, and talking to people, I mean, you know, it, it it's something I think we, we've we all gotten better at, you know, myself included. And I haven't been doing it nearly as long as Tom has, but I feel like I, you know, you get better as yeah. time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Which is weird, really, when you've got a song from him like the late 60s. If you heard the original version of Say You Don't Mind from the late 60s by Denny. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sure, I mean, I, I mean that's a cracking song. The the production and everything on there, and the whole sound of it. Yes, and then you know, yeah. but they, but see, and that sadly never came out as a, as a, on one of the on the albums. It's too bad. It could have. Well, ask him when he when we, when we have him on, right? <laughs> and he, he did end up actually getting a number one with that because um, uh, Colin uh, from the Zombies ended up taking it to number one, didn't he? Colin, Blunt, Colin Blundstone in, uh, I think, 72-ish was on one of, his, one of his solo albums, I think. Yeah. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, nice. I met him once. Nice guy. Yes. Fantastic interview with him on The Strange Brew, if ever you get to ever fancy having a listen to that interview. Andy. Oh, good. Thanks for the heads up. It's all right. Yeah, he's, cool. he's interviewed three members of the Zombies. Okay. Rod Argent, Colin Blundstone, and who, Chris White? Yes, Chris Wine. I, fi- yep. I figured. I figured that. Yep, yeah. Definitely. I just picked up the Zombies Greatest Hits, actually. So, go give Odyssey and Oracle a play. Do you have Odyssey yeah, and Oracle? No, but I saw it, and I'll, I'm going to pick it up because a lot of people recommend that album. You so. should listen to that album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely you take a absolutely. You know, yes. Yeah. A, a rose, a rose for Emily. Yes, hmm. and those armies on Cell Block. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, called Karis. Carousel Block 44. Yeah, those harmonies on that are amazing. The way they mm. just build up and build up and build up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you got to get that, Tom. Right, I think cool. we'll finish there. Thank you very right. much. You got it, Martin. Thank All you right, Martin. for having us. Martin, thank you for having us, man. And if uh, you need any uh, help in the post-production, just give me give me a shout. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Pleasure. I'll you catch you later, shortly. guys. Yeah. Take, Take care. care. Thank you. Bye.
what other podcasts, what I mean, 